0: Well, I really hope everyone had a great Christmas. I hope, you know, we're getting the snow, and so kids have gone sledding, and uh, I'm going to go sledding. I go down the hill real fast, Gary. <laughs> I got a two-person sled, Gary. I got a two-person sled. You can, you can join me. You'll have fun. <laughs> Put Eli, okay. <laughs> Hold tight. No. Oh, man, we, really, though, we're just, uh, we're excited to be here, and we're, you know, this, this, we're looking forward to this new year. And, you know, if you want to go ahead and put the, the PowerPoint up, the message this morning is entitled, Are You Ready for a New Year? And that's, you know, across America, everyone's probably going to be preaching the same thing about... You know resolutions and and all these different things and and being ready for a new year and and I want to take it in that direction a little bit but I want to move into a different direction if you'll follow me but before we do that let's go ahead and pray over the word this morning Lord we thank you that we are here to celebrate your presence this morning Lord that we are here to just to give you glory to give you honor Lord I pray the message this morning would not be my words but your words Lord not not what my thoughts are, but what your thoughts are. Lord, I thank you for the message that you've graced me with this morning, that it would encourage, that it would lift up, that it would inspire, that it it would push people to new levels in their faith. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. When we're looking at the new year, we have to look at, of course, the old year. And when we look at the last year, a lot of people will look at that year, some with joy. Some with, some with unspeakable joy, they'll think, man, I just had a great year. And there's some people that look back at the year and there's heartache. There's pain, there's hurt, there's, there's, I don't know what this last year has been like for you. For me, it's been a pretty good year. It's been joyous. God has blessed us. For some people, they're going through trials right now. And they've been going through trials the entire year. Now, I don't know what your year has been like. If it may have been, been filled with joy or sorrow. But part of the celebration of the new year is the chance to start over. That's part of the celebration. That's why I love, people love the new year. People love the chance to start over. People love the chance to to solve things, to solve issues in their life, to solve problems. They call them New Year's resolutions. How many have a New Year's resolution? Two, three, four, anybody else, come on. You're in the house of God, don't lie now. Anything you want to fix this, this, this new year? Doug? Going to the wellness center. You're going to the wellness center. Okay. Doug's going to the wellness center for two months. Are you sure? Okay. Anybody else going to be doing a, Gary, you said you have a New Year's resolution. Yeah. What is it? Lose weight. Okay. That's a, uh, anybody else have a New Year's resolution? Yes? Go to church regularly? Awesome. Anybody? Uh, that's awesome. Anybody else have a New Year's resolution? Bobby? You want to write more? Very cool. You want to write more. She wants to do more writing. Anybody else? Stacy? Too many. That's okay. Go to painting classes. Every, that's the appeal of the new year. The appeal of the New Year's, well, it's a new year. I get to do something new. I get to make myself better. You know, uh, I'm in the middle of writing a a column for Esterville News for this uh, inspiration thing, and it has to do with New Year's. And what's funny is I kind of came across this. It said that towards the end of 2010, a man began to get serious about his weight goals. His New Year's resolution started out well but eventually he went back to his old hang-ups and habits. As the years went by, his resolutions became a little less resolute as they began to look like this. 2011, I will get my weight down below 180 pounds. 2012, I will follow my new diet religiously until I get below 200 pounds. 2013, I will develop a realistic attitude about my weight. 2014, I will work out three days a week. 2015, I will try to drive past the gym at least once a week. It's a funny story. It may hit a little too close to home for some, including myself. I don't like to read that story. You kidding me? Drive past the wellness center. Hey, hey, Doug, how you doing? (laughs) You'll be driving the other way. He, he, he thinks that he'll see me at the Wellness Center I think that I'll see him and we got accountability there. That's, that's good. That's what people love about the new year. It's the, the appeal of it. It's one of those things that New Year's resolutions is one of those things we kind of, we, we think, okay, you know, we, we, we make the resolution. We're like, all right, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to it. Don't put those chocolate cookies in front of me. I'm going to stick to it. And then you're a month in a couple weeks in? I like this. There's a, a, a book called Anne of Green Gables, and the writer, Lucy Montgomery, says this. Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? I would say it this way. Isn't it nice to think that it will be a new year with no mistakes in it yet? Isn't it nice to think that's the appeal of it? That's the enchantment with it. We we think, well, if I can just start the new year right, if I can just start the new year right, for many it's what they're looking forward to: a new beginning and a fresh start. And we find a lot of encouragement in the scripture with this. Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 19 says this: Forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That should be encouraging. Don't dwell in the things of the past. Look forward to the future and the things that I have for you. These are good things. We find encouragement. And so what do we do? We make a plan. We make a plan. I have a plan. I made it. And now it's time for me to follow that plan. Inevitably, a week later, a month later, you know know what happens. Carol nudges Doug and says, Doug, it's time to get up for the wellness center. And and, And what does Doug say? No, I think not, honey. You go for both of us. It's what we do. And while, you know, the majority of messages will be on resolutions and whatnot, the encouragement about sticking to them, I don't really want to focus on that today. What I want to focus on is simply this. You may have your plans. I may have, I I made a plan. I made a plan for the new year. I, I can't wait to get it started. The question is simply this. Are you willing to set aside your plans for God's? You may have a plan. You may have a a goal. You may have a dream for this next year. My question is, are you willing to set aside your plans for God's? Go to the next scripture. Proverbs 16, 9. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The context of the scripture shows a man or a person That's heart is already geared towards God. It shows a person whose heart is already geared towards the Lord. It's not not speaking of unbelievers who follow their own path with no thought of the Lord. It's speaking of believers, speaking of those who are sensitive to the Spirit. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. The question comes back to this. Have you made your own plans Or have you asked the Lord to direct your steps this next year? Have you made your own plans? And some people have difficulty with this. Some people have a real difficulty with just, we say it this way, letting go and letting God. And I want to go into some of the reasons they have problems with this this morning. The first reason is this. Go to the next one. Pride. Pride. Number one, pride. This is my life. All right, you don't tell me what to do. That's so, that's, don't, you, don't you try to tell me what to do with my life. We get so stuck in ourselves. We get so stuck on, well, hey, no, I, I made my plan, man. This is where I'm going to live. This is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to date. This is what I'm going to say. This is, this is what job I'm going to take. It is not about what the, it is, it is my life. That's pride. It's I can do all things by myself. Not I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I can do all things by myself. I can do it. This is a statement usually made by people who haven't surrendered their life to God. People who might be on the cusp of believing. They, may, they might just be, have given their lives over and, and, and they're struggling with their thoughts. They're struggling with themselves. Pride. Go to the next scripture. Psalms 138, verse 6. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. The lowly he's looking upon, the lowly he's, okay, you, you've humbled yourself. You're, you're lowly. I'm looking upon you. The proud, the archer back, aren't nobody going to take my life from me. God is over here just kind of, I'm looking at you from afar. Go to the next one. James 4 and 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Have you surrendered yourself to God? Have you surrendered yourself to to God? And now, this is one of the reasons. This is not always the reason, but this is one of the reasons that people want to stick with their own plans. The second reason is this. Go one more. Pain. The first is pride. The second is pain. Pain. God, I've had such a hard year. God, you have no idea. Pastor David, you have no idea what I've gone through this year. Listen, if God is the one directing my steps, then maybe I need to take directions from someone else. That's what people will say. There's pain. There's hurt. I've lost a loved one. I've dealt with a sickness. My family struggles just to get by. It's tempting to blame God for the heartache. It's tempting to blame God for the suffering. It's tempting to to just put it on God. It's tempting. Romans 5 says this. Because, listen, it makes it clear that in this life we will suffer, but in our suffering, hope is produced. Not only so, But we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. If there is pain in your life this morning, if there has been pain in your year and suffering in your year, if we look at it through the lens of our faith, it will produce hope on the other side of the pain. But we have to look at it through the lens of our faith. Lou Holtz says it this way. Life is 10% what happens to you, and 90% how you respond to it. Lou Holtz said that. He might have been a preacher. He was a football coach. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. When we look at suffering through the lens of our faith, we will see hope on the other side of the pain. Because suffering produces hope. Hope. Holding on to our pain contains an element of pride. Holding on to our pain contains an element of pride. As long as we hold on to it, we have an excuse not to follow God's purpose for our life. As as long as we hold on to that pain, as long as we hold on to that hurt, we have an excuse. God wants you to be set free from those things this morning. And you're saying, nope, this is my hurt, this is my pain there's people that will hold on to their hurts for years and years and years. It may be unforgiveness. It may, you, may be, you may struggle with hating somebody. You may struggle with, with just, I mean, you see that person and it makes your blood boil. You've suffered. There's pain. God wants you to let go of it this morning. If we're looking at planning the new year, if we're we're looking at, God, direct my steps, it's not in my own plans, but in your plans for me. Sometimes we need to let go and let God. There's a third reason. The third reason this morning is fear. This is a big one. This is a big one. God, am I going to let go of my plans and give my plans over to you? This is a big one, fear. To set aside your agenda for God's can be a scary proposition. To set aside my agenda for God's agenda is a scary proposition. I've heard story after story after story of people that God called to a specific work but because of fear, they never fulfilled it. Because of fear, they never fulfilled it. I know of a man, a friend of mine, actually. His dad was called to be a pastor. His dad was called to be a pastor and and called to preach. But his dad was working a job in tire sales and making more money than he knew what to do with. Making more money than he knew what to do with. He's a single guy. All of a sudden got got a wife and kids, and, and now he's working a job, and he knows that God has called him to do something, but he just can't let go of the income. There's a fear. Just can't let go of the paycheck. You're called into missions, but fearful of the life change it's going to require. God's called you to go to a different country and minister to the sick and the poor and the needy, but but you're fearful of the life change it will require for yourself and your loved ones. There's a fear there. Let's Let's bring it a little closer to home. Maybe you're called to share Christ with your friends at school, but you're fearful of what your friends will think of you. Maybe you're called to to witness to your friends at school, but you're fearful of what they'll think of you. There's a statistic out there that says you spend four years of your life trying to please 100% of everybody at your high school, and after high school, you'll never see 90% of everybody that's there. 90% of the people you'll never see again, but you spend 100% of your time trying to please 100% of the people. Fear. You're called to worship God in spirit and truth. There's people that have an unction from the Holy Spirit to raise their hands and lift their voices, and they won't do it out of fear of what others may think about them. But God, listen, fear is a powerful taskmaster. Fear will chain you to mediocrity. Fear will chain you to mediocrity. But God has not called you to be fearful. What does the scripture say? Psalm 27 verse 1 says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life Of whom shall I be afraid? He has not called you to a a spirit of fear. He has not called you to a spirit of timidness. And oh, I just, I, I, I can't talk to those people. What will they think of me? I can't do that in my life. What will people think of me? What will my family think of me? I had to come to a realization in my own life. I can only speak for me. But I had to come to a realization for my own life that I had to follow whatever God had put in my heart, regardless of what anybody thought about it. And trust me, they let me know what they thought about it. I had to make a decision that no matter what, I will sleep in my car if I have to, but I have to get where God has called me to. I will eat beans and rice, rice and beans and ramen noodles, but I will go if that's where he's called me to go. And people will say to me, what are you doing? You're taking your family here, you're taking them there. I mean, why don't you settle down somewhere? Maybe you should just give up on the dream to be a preacher. Maybe you should just give up on being a pastor. I had people say that to me. But I knew the fire that was burning inside me. And there's people out here this morning that know the fire that's burning inside them. And fear should not stop you from accomplishing what God has called you to. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Go to the next one. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says this. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. God didn't give you a spirit of timidity. Well, it's just little old me. just, well, I would go talk to this man about Jesus. I just, you know, What's he going to think of me? I'm just, I'm scared. I don't know why I have a southern accent right now, but I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I don't know if you realize who is standing with you. Do you realize who's standing with you this morning? You may look and say, Pastor David, you don't know the situations that I'm facing in my life. You don't know the hurts that I've gone through and the hurts that are about to come. No, I don't. But I know who stands before you. I know who goes before you. And I know who stands behind. It is this one right here. Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You may feel like you're alone in the middle of the night, but trust me, you are not. You may feel like you're alone in your sorrow, but trust me, you are not. Be strong and courageous. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Listen, God has called us. God has called you. God has called me to walk in his ways. And he will direct our paths. I can make my plan. I can make my plan. Hey, listen. I have a plan. My plan is, is a lot like Doug's plan. I'm going to go to the wellness center. Probably for a couple months. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Maybe the Lord will direct me to not exercise. I, no, that's probably not how it works. point simply is this. You can have a plan, but are you willing to set aside your plan for the plan God has for you? Are you willing to set aside your plan for the plan God has for you? You say, I need to lay aside my pride. Yeah, I know. I've been there. No, no, God, that's my plan. This is the plan I made. God, this doesn't fit into what you've called me to do doesn't fit into my plan for my life. That's because you're called to surrender your life, to lay it down at the cross. It doesn't fit into your plans. No, it won't always. God has called you to something radical this morning. God has called you to something radical. And I know there may be pain that stands in your way. There may be fear that stands in your way. But be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. Will you trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding? Will you in all your ways acknowledge him, and then he will direct your paths? Let's pray this morning. Lord, we come before you with just humility this morning. God, we are excited for the new year. We're excited at new possibilities. Lord, we're excited at what you're going to do in our lives this next year. But God, I pray that, that whatever plans I've made would be set aside for your glory. Lord, I pray that whatever plans I've made would be set aside for your glory to set aside my pride, to set aside my pain, and to set aside my fear. Lord, I pray over each person here. Lord, over each person, that that they might be going through some circumstances and situations that nobody else knows about. They might be going through some hurts and and pains and fear and pride. And there's times where, where God will just He will just call you out. You say, I can't do that. God, God, the burden's too much. The fear is too much. The pain is too much. And God would say, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. For I am with you. Lord, we're going to, as we go into worship this morning, God, as we, as we lift our voices and lift our hands and, and just enter into your presence, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would just take the time to look and say, God, I set aside myself. I set aside my plans. I set aside my agenda, and I give my life over to you. This next year, let it not be a year all about me, But let it be a year all about Christ. Let's stand and worship him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.